Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That, of course, is a very popular verse on this podcast, James 1.27. I'm Sandra Flack. Welcome to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. We have another amazing adoptive mom guest on with us today. Uh, But before we get into our conversation, I want to let you know about some FASD resources that we have for you. Uh, FASD stands for Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder. It is a spectrum of disorders that affects uh, people who were prenatally exposed to alcohol in the womb. Uh, It's much more prevalent in the United States than most people realize. It affects one in 20 school-age children, and those numbers are significantly higher among the foster and adoption care uh, community. So I have found that as a parent of two uh, adopted teenagers who both have diagnoses of fetal alcohol syndrome, uh, it's imperative for every adoptive foster and kinship caregiver to have an understanding of FASD and to be not just informed, but equipped because it's highly likely that you're going to be caring for children who've been prenatally exposed. Most are not diagnosed uh, or they're misdiagnosed are kiddos that have a whole alphabet soup of other diagnoses, right? You know, the ones ADHD, ODD, RAD, uh, all kinds of other things, right? Um, Which may or may not be accurate. It's very likely that all of those symptoms actually come from having been prenatally exposed. So we offer lots of resources here on our website. I had the opportunity to work with Focus on the Family, and I wrote a a cornerstone article, a a very long in-depth article about FASD and recorded some video modules to go along with it um, right right out there um, in Colorado Springs with the folks at Focus. Um, And uh, that is available actually on my website. Um, There's a link to the article. You can find it on Focus on the Family, but you can also go to my website, sandraflack.com, and it is posted there for you to access. Um, But we also have an amazing support group for parents and caregivers raising children who were prenatally exposed, whether they're diagnosed or not. So please listen to this message about um, our support group. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group 
which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. So in addition to um, our support group, we have online uh, and in-person workshops that you can uh, participate in if you're interested in learning more. Um, we've got some already scheduled for February. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more, I offer a free lunch and learn. It's a one hour. It goes it goes a little longer than an hour because I stay on for Q&A. So you could get up to nine, up to 90 minutes. Um, and uh, it just begins to unpack the symptoms of FASD. And we start looking at the neurobehavioral model of understanding how to um, support individuals by providing accommodations. So <clears throat> that is a great training for not just parents who are wanting to learn more, but um, anybody in your support system. So grandparents, school teachers, um, Sunday school teachers, youth group leaders, uh, adult siblings, um, next door neighbors, the babysitter, whoever um, is in direct contact with your kiddos. Um, it's a great way to introduce them to, to that, uh, to FASD and give them a better understanding. Um, I'm also offering a deep dive. Maybe you've been on this parenting journey. Um, you've got a diagnosis or you highly suspect and, and you just want more. I am a certified facilitator of the FACETS neurobehavioral model, and I am offering a 18-hour um, it's 18 hours worth of content. It's, we call it our deep dive course. Uh, and it is offered in six three-hour sessions. Um, and the first one is going to be um, February 1st, actually. So the deep dive, and I didn't give you a date. Sorry, I didn't give you a date for the Lunch and Learn. I'm um, just realizing that. So the next Lunch and Learn, that free 60 to 90 minute session is going to be Tuesday, February 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, again, this is a, a, a free session. Uh, if you want the deep dive, that's six consecutive uh, Thursday evenings uh, beginning on February 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So to, to sign up for either one of those, even for the Lunch and Learn, which is free, you have to sign up in order to get the Zoom link to be able to tune in. Um, but you would go to our website, which is justicefororphansny.org to be able to um, register for that. You would you would click uh, training and uh, you'd see the drop-down box and click on the FASD box. Um, so it begins, the, the, the deep dive begins February 1st. So you really do, if you're interested in that, you wanna get going and sign up so you don't miss out on that. Um, so also please subscribe to this podcast, follow us, whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on, or if you're following our YouTube channel, uh, we are offering... Uh, all of our episodes, the video form of this podcast is posted on our YouTube channel as well. So we hope that you will find, follow, leave a review, do all those wonderful things. Uh, tell your friends, your foster and adoptive friends, adopting friends, tell them about this podcast so that they can have um, the encouragement and the support um, that you're getting from this podcast as well. So let's meet our guest today, another like I mentioned, fellow adoptive mom, I have Cindy Ost with us. She has been married to her husband for 20 years. Uh, they have one bio son, Hunter, who resides in heaven and six daughters ages 17, all the way down to two and a half, all through the miracle of adoption. 
four are from China, one from America. And six weeks ago, goodness, just, just a blink of an eye ago, she got back from Bulgaria with their youngest. Cindy leads many adoption groups via social media and her foundation sees the connection, provides respite for adoptive and foster moms through retreats. Please welcome Cindy Ost. Hey, Cindy. Hi, Sandra. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm so excited to get to meet you, right? We're meeting through the technology, but um, we've been Facebook friends for quite a while. I've followed your story and, and, and see your posts and just was anxious to get you on as a guest here. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for this opportunity to share my love for God and the adoption community. Oh, well, we can't wait to hear it. Um, but let, let's start more at the beginning of your story. What led you and your husband to become adoptive parents? Well, there's several things that led us there. Uh, one would be my brother was adopted and uh, my parents adopted him at three months. And uh, adoption has been a part of my family as long as I've been almost alive. And my cousin as well, she's 78 years old. She was adopted. So there's always been that adoption lingo language in my family. So that was easy. Uh, we we were blessed to have my brother for 53 years. Unfortunately, in April of 2023, he passed away. And but his memory and he is such a blessing in our lives. And that lives with us every day. My husband and I got together uh, a little bit unconventionally. We met at work a little over 20 years ago, and we ended up getting pregnant, and we were going to have a biological child. Our biological child was with us when we got married and up to almost six months. And unfortunately, when we got back from getting married, we lost him a week later. Hmm. So... We tried again the next year and then, and we had the same exact due date. Only God can make that happen. Wow. We lost our next baby at 10 weeks as a miscarriage. And at that point, my husband was 46 years old and I was eight years younger and we were ready to be parents. And we said, ne next logical option would be adoption. And it was always in the back of my mind. I didn't know what it looked like. So we started doing some research uh, for domestic adoption. At the time, I had a very uh, high pressured career at American Express. My husband was there still. We were both in the middle of our careers. And there was a lot of people that have adopted that were working with us. So we started getting suggestions looking into Korea. Then somebody had said that they had watched a documentary with Lisa Lang and Oprah Winfrey. And it was the Lost Girls of China. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I were like, we need to sit down and watch that. We watched this amazing um, documentary and we knew immediately where our hearts were at 
we both said we were our daughters in China. We knew we were going to go get a girl. So we started the process in late 2004 and uh, our paperwork got logged in a year later and we were told our wait would be four to six months and ended up being two and a half years. But on August 2nd, 2007, the greatest phone call of our lives came in. And that's when we were told we were going to have a living child. And it was a daughter who was nine months old and she was coming from Hunan, China. And uh, we were so excited. It was one of the greatest days of our lives because the moment I met my husband, we have been together since the moment we met. And we both knew we wanted children immediately. And um, that call changed our lives forever. Mm-hmm. So we brought Allison home in September of 07. And then we started talking about whether or not we were going to add on to our family. Uh, we knew we were going to go back to China if we were going to adopt again. But were we going to? And we decided uh, a few months later, I happened to be stumbling on a Yahoo group. We used to do Yahoo instead of Facebook. I remember and that. I, found, <laughs> I remember it. And we found a, an adoption agency out of the Bay Area in California. And they had a Yahoo group where they put waiting children on their page. And one night I decided to hop on there. And sure enough, um, the wonderful Ching of Bass uh, Bay Area Adoption Services had kids coming down and we saw our Katie. So mm. uh, Pearl Harbor Day 2009, we went to go get Katie and we just loved raising the two girls. They're six months apart and uh, it was an amazing time. But Is Katie also from China? Yes, Sorry. we went yes, back she's... to China. Okay. And she's from uh, Dijong, China. And we went and picked her up. Her gotcha day was on Pearl Harbor Day. And we came home and we were enjoying life as a family of four. And then it was about six months later, I was advocating and I stumbled across a, a young little girl from China again. And we were... Uh, enamored with her and we decided to start the process again but unfortunately uh i developed uh, a serious skin cancer and we decided to put our adoption on hold so we made sure that the agency found her another family and we just continued on for a little while longer until we know knew that my health was in the clear and then it was uh, September of 2011. Mm-hmm. I got a message about a little girl that was being looked at by another family. And I showed her to my husband and he immediately fell in love with her. And he says, yes, let's go back to China. Cause we said on Katie's trip a year and a half prior that if we ever were going to adopt again, it would be wonderful to adopt from the Guangdong province. And that's exactly where our Harper sky was at. So fast forward to 2012, August, I went on my first trip to China alone and brought her home and met some of my best friends. They helped me with the transition while I was in China alone with her. And we brought her home and we were just doing amazing. And then 
adoption never left our hearts or minds. We went back in 2014 for a boy. And unfortunately, the boy that we were going to adopt from China, the records didn't match and we were not able to proceed with his adoption. And the blessing is our community is so great about advocating that another family was found for him. And then we didn't let go of that. We knew there was another child for us, but we just didn't know what we were going to do. 15 months later, I got a Facebook message about a young woman that wanted to make an adoption plan who was in rehab. And would we like to adopt a newborn? And at that point, we were 48. No, excuse me. We were 50 and 58 years old. And we said, absolutely. All kids and children and babies are a blessing. Absolutely. We walked her through her pregnancy, got her stable. She ended up giving us a God story like nobody did. I mean, our hearts, we never walked back into the hospital where we lost our biological son. Our hearts were broken, shattered after that. And she picked the same hospital to deliver our Jenna in. And we went back to that hospital after 13 years. And we had our moment where we walked out hand in hand, holding that baby carrier mm-hmm. as God and our late son were looking above us and down on us. And we left with our rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. Fast and forward. Is that crazy? That is Jenna. Oh, that's Jenna. Jenna. Okay. And she's, so she was a a domestic adoption, really. Phoenix, Arizona. We are dog groomers introduced us to this beautiful young lady who is Jenna's birth mom. Wow. Wow. And, and how, and how, what year did she come home and how old was she? She came home in 2016 and she will be, she was a newborn. Yeah. Wow. She was a newborn. We got her the day she was born. Wow. What a blessing. um, It was such a blessing because had we not made this choice, things would have been completely different for her because this was a CPS case. So we are forever grateful that her birth mom chose life and we were able to bring her home because she's absolutely such a precious little one. Mm. So after we brought her home, we thought we were done. And life went on. We moved to Florida and things were going great. 2018, uh, I decided to become a partner with my girlfriend that was living there. And we wanted to make this happen for adoptive moms where they had respite care. So that's when Seize the Connection was born. Our first year keynote speaker for 2019 was talking on Orphan Weekend 2018 about being worldly. And if we have money for worldly things, there are orphans all over the world that need us. And God says to take care of orphans and widows, James 20, James 127. And it got me thinking after that orphan weekend, oh my gosh, I've got to go home and talk to my husband again in the family. Now the kids are older. And now we have to decide as a family. And my husband was so open to adopting again. And so were our children. They 
thought it would be amazing if we could find a child closer to Jenna's age and we could expand our family. So we prayed about it and the door opened. I gave an adoption agency a call regarding China. That's when my beautiful relationship started with Agape and we started the process. And it was that was in November of 2018, Orphan Weekend, right after that. And then in June of 2019, I got an email from Agape regarding Gracie. Another family had pre-approval for her to go get her, but decided not to because they didn't feel they could handle her needs or understand them. And our Gracie is a very unique child, only one out of 250,000 kids in the United States and worldwide have her condition, which is Kleistra syndrome. We didn't know what it was either, but when we saw her, we knew that God was bringing her to us because she needed us as much as we needed her. And we said yes. So in December of 2019, my best friend of 50 years, who's also an adoptee, went with me to China and we picked her up. And that's, and the beautiful story about Gracie and Jenna, they are the best of friends. And Gracie and Jenna are only six weeks apart. So, I mean, it doesn't get closer than that in age. And they're just, I mean, they could have been born in the same womb. They are so incredibly close. So tell me about Gracie's disability. What is that syndrome? Her syndrome's Kleefstra syndrome, and what it does is it affects the Q9 deletion where she's missing the tip of that Q9 deletion in her brain. So what that does is that causes cognitive delays. So Gracie, for her chronicle age, she will be eight in April, but she's more of a two to three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it that's what's mostly affected is her cognitive abilities. So Gracie is still, uh, we're still dealing with potty training things. She has a team at her school that deal with um, physical uh, therapy, OT, PT, speech. She's in special ed. And we call her, her our forever panda. She will be with us forever. And we tell everybody, everybody needs a Gracie because she is the most gentle, sweetest child you will ever meet. Hmm. But if you mess around with one of her siblings she will let you know she is very protective over her little sisters so she she's just truly amazing and and she also has a uh, a very light form of spina bifida as well and originally the spina bifida was really holding her back physically but because of the great team she has here in North Central Kansas, she is making leaps and bounds physically. She is able to get around up and down the stairs, run, do the things that she couldn't do the first two, three years she was home with us. So that is, I mean, it's all God. She's yeah. just doing amazing. Oh, I love, love to hear that. So how did you go from there to Bulgaria? well that's the thing when you run so many groups on facebook and you're around you eat sleep drink adoption 
you know, it's hard to just be done when you've seen it all been there, done that. Yeah. So we moved here from Florida in the middle of the pandemic in August of 2020. And we went from a very small house to a very large house. So of course there's plenty of room. <laughs> so it was August, we got acclimated for a few months and then it was October of 2020. I went to my husband and I said, you know, we've got all this room. I, I really feel like the Lord's calling us to adopt one more time. And I really think we need to open our hearts to a boy. I mean, I just feel like we're missing out on pairing a son. And we said, we talked to the girls. We always, we're very much a family unit and we discuss everything with our kids because we want them to be as much of part of the decisions that we make as we are, because we're a family unit. Mm -hmm. So of course we got their uh, approval and their excitement and we decided to go ahead and start with Bulgaria. And we did this in uh, October of 2020. And as the months were going on, I felt like God was really calling us away from Bulgaria. The agency we went with, which I, I hope this is a, a learning, you know, something that I can really stress to the viewers. If you're thinking about adopting again, Sometimes when we think about big agencies and who gets the most uh, referrals for children, that's not always the greatest situation. We have to look at it as a whole. How do they treat their families? How are they as a business? How are they with the people they work with in country? It all plays into what is going to be the best situation for the children we're adopting and for the families. And we didn't make such a great decision going in uh, to Bulgaria at first because the agency was very standoffish, very, you're on your own. You should know how to do this. We have a system and you should know how to use this system. We're military and this is what we put together. And we weren't used to that. We had been in this process for 17 years. All the agencies we worked with for China and domestically were very helpful and made sure you knew exactly what you were doing to make the process smoother. Because that's let's be honest, mm -hmm. the process is hard emotionally. It's hard spiritually at times. And it's also hard financially. But yes. God always makes it work out. There's never been a time. So my husband and I, one day, we got to a point three, four months into this. We feel like God's calling us back to China and we feel like we need to go back to basics, which was our agency that we absolutely love for Gracie's adoption. So I contacted them and told them where we were at. And they said, please, no problem. No hard feelings come. So we contacted the current agency and we let them know. Not only are we going to be leaving, but we're headed back to China. We really felt in our hearts that that program was going to be opening again, and there would be a boy for us there. So we got started immediately, and 
I found out that there was a boy for us and we were tickled. We fell in love with them. All, all seven of us wanted this boy to come home. So we got all of our paperwork ready. They were starting to slow down in the process, but it was uh, 10 months later that I got a message. I had a feeling that he may have been adopted in country and he was. I had a feeling I reached out and got a message and they confirmed what my intuition was. So at that point, um, Valentine's Day 2022, we were left without a match. We had no son. And this was the third time we've tried to have a boy biologically twice adoption. God Mm. said no. We took it as we are not meant to parent boys. So, but we didn't keep, we didn't stay down long. So I contacted Miriam at Agape and I said we with us not having a match you guys being in Bulgaria I trust you and so does my husband we're ready to get the ball rolling we can get whatever paperwork switched over and we're ready to start the ball rolling for Bulgaria so I took from February March April somewhere around there to uh, December our paper left early December to go to Bulgaria And at that time, late November of 2022, I saw a little girl on their Bulgarian waiting child site. And I said to Kelly, I said, I've fallen in love. I love her, but I know we're too old. I'm going to advocate for her. So I started my advocating and found some families very interested. Um, And the agency had families interested, but the people I were talking to could not switch agencies because the way Bulgaria works is the agencies have a couple months with each child that they're advocating for with the NGO, which is the partnership they work with in country. And I was like, okay. So I started thinking about it after a couple of weeks. Well, I'm wondering if maybe she's meant to be our child. But then I called the agency and spoke to Mary and Mary and said, well, I've got a couple very interested families and one family is actually getting her medicals looked at. And I said, okay, this is not meant to be. A week later, I get a call back from the agency and Miriam says, the families could not go through with her. They could not switch agencies and one could not get their home study together. Are you interested? I said, give me 10 minutes. Let me talk to the kids. They're home. <laughs> Kelly's home and I'll get back with you. I called her back 10 minutes later and I said, yes, we're interested. So, and then, so we start getting everything rolling for our, our next child. We were hoping that would happen. And I found out about a week to two weeks later that there's another family that's going to be in process for her. The way that Bulgaria works is they can take several families and of course the big court system in Bulgaria will make the ultimate decision which family they want for the child. It's not like China where you get that letter of approval and you go pick up your child after travel approval. This we had to wait. Come to find out there were five or six other families and we were the oldest family at 65 and 57. So don't let age hold you down. Well, we got a message that we were approved and uh, Lily Pearl Ose was going to be our daughter. And wow. I, we left May of 2023. My husband and I went to go meet Lily Pearl and we spent a week in Bulgaria. And then November 1st of 2023, my best friend of 50 years and I met in LA. We flew out to Europe 
and I met her on November 8th of 2023. And um, she's been home with us now about seven weeks and is adjusting well, you know, other than your typical traumas. I mean, all adoption is, you know, kids have trauma, even young ones. But yeah, I want to get to that shortly. But just one thing made me think of another question I was that I wasn't expecting to ask you, but I wasn't aware that China, so is China still open for adoption even after the pandemic and all of that? Oh, so let me, I'm very happy. China always has my heart. I'm happy to discuss China. China is at a point right now where they have gotten just about, maybe there's just a handful at the most of families left. Everybody pre-pandemic that had travel approval that stuck it out over the last four and a half years has made it to pick up their children. So now we're sitting at article five. Are they going to allow the families that have article five to be the next group to go? If that is the case, we are hoping as a community after Chinese new year, there will be an announcement. So that's the next group of families to go would be those hundred, uh, there's about a hundred families that have article five and then so on would go to the letter of approval families. And then people that have LID, which are waiting to get a minor healthy child to those that have just pre-approval. So there's approximately still 300 to 400 families still waiting to go, whether it be they have their match or they don't have their match. But it, wow. it has been a very hard process for all of these families waiting. And the biggest thing is they need prayer to be mm-hmm. praying for them, their hearts, the children overseas, the country, yeah. and all the agencies. Because everybody, yeah, can... oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I was going to just say, I can I can only imagine that, that length of time, because when we were in our process to adopt our kids from Ukraine, and we were... Back then, it was we we flew over in two thousand six, um, but earlier that year, even though we had been approved, we were waiting for our travel, um, and we we adopted. We did a blind adoption, so we weren't actually going to select children or look at pictures of children until we got there. Um, but Ukraine closed their adoption program down um, in early two thousand six to reorganize it, and all of us who had been approved had. registration numbers they called them and kind of like take a number stand in line and they said when they reopened they would start calling those numbers in numerical order but there was no promise or guarantee when they would um reopen so it took it took nine months it was october um we our paperwork had been submitted the year before late to late 2005 and we were just waiting for travel um, and then the program closed and we waited until we didn't find out until the very end of October um, that we actually had travel. We had an, an invitation, an appointment to go. Um, and, and that seemed like forever, wow. right? You spend your whole time on yes. your knees, right? Like, Lord, we heard from yes. you. We know that you're calling us to do this. Like, how can we do it if, unless it opens back up? So agonizing. So I can only imagine um, years of waiting when you were just on the cusp of going um, so prayers definitely for those waiting families. Um, how old is everybody right now? Everybody's been home. What are the ages of your kids? 
my kids are, I've got Allison, who is 17, who is attending Fort Hayes College in Kansas, who is studying to finish her high school and college so she can then go on to medical school. She's going to be a neurosurgeon. So we've got her. And then we've got Katie, who's 16 and a half, who wants to go into the uh, police force or something in that line of work. And then we've got Harper Sky that's going to be 14 next month. Or actually, I'm sorry, this month. Then we've got two babies coming up uh, that are going to be eight. Um, they're six weeks apart in April and June. And then Lily Pearl will be three in April. Wow. So tell us, you, you mentioned trauma, and we all know that every adoption uh, begins yes. with loss and, and there's trauma. What has that been like for you? How have how has that presented? What have been the, the challenges that you faced over the years, parenting children, adopted children? Um, it's, it's mostly come out truthfully in, you know, food behaviors, potty behaviors, schooling behaviors, um, all, I mean, probably every aspect of the kid's life and it's not all of them. Um, it, it was hard, not so much for my oldest daughter, but for the three that came out of an orphanage, that was really, really traumatic for them over the years because it affected them so greatly in different ways. But I think the biggest help is they know that we support them, love them. We have people in our backyard if we need help. There's never been a time where I personally couldn't go on a Yahoo group or reach out to a professional that's in the community to ask questions on how to help our children um, because I am so engulfed in the adoption community. So that has been such a huge blessing as the kids have gotten older. And I really stress to get involved in the communities, whether they be locally, online, or form your own, because it is so important as we're parenting these children that come from hard places. And as they get older, the trauma only becomes different and it becomes become harder. Sometimes trauma doesn't manifest until your children are older. We have seen that as well. So I think it's imperative to not put the blinders on, but to face it head on. And if you don't know how to do it, you ask. Yeah. Cause it can be so isolating. You do need to find your people. You do need to connect with other adoptive and foster parents, whether it's on an online support group or a Facebook group or um, in your community. Um, Cindy, how did you become trauma-informed? I know you use the phrase kids from hard places. We know that was coined by Dr. Karen Purvis. So did you get the TBRI connected parenting training? I did not personally get the training, but I know many people that have, but I've read all the books and I've been around and I've seen it. I've used it, implemented it. 
I just, and having a brother that was Mm. adopted. My parents were wonderful parents, but what happened with my own family is my mom got sick at 36 years old and died when my brother was 15. Mm. I was 18 and my little brother was 13. I saw trauma at a young age. I knew because I saw it happen with him that, you know, not only do our parents sometimes experience loss or excuse me, our children experience loss being adopted because of their past, but then it hits them again. Mm -hmm. So not only did their birth family are not around, but then you're adopted and then your adoptive mom is not around. It was very, very hard for him. It was like the turning point of Mm -hmm. his self-destruction. And I haven't talked a lot about my brother because that was my brother's story. But I think as I'm getting older and I'm seeing what's going on with my own children and all my friends that I think it is important to, to talk about it, that our parents really, you know, it was very, very difficult having my brother being adopted Mm -hmm. and him losing my mom at such a young age. He was so lost after that happened. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for him to recover from that second loss. And although he found his birth mom at 40, his heart never was whole again. It, it just, you know, so I recognize, I've recognized that since I'm a young kid and then being an adoptive mom and then seeing my friends go through what they've been through and watching these kids in the community lose parents, watching the parents lose the kids. It's, it's it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Let me ask you about um because I I know you have one uh your your daughter adopted domestically um birth mom had been you said drugs and whatnot. Do any of your children present with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder? Do any of them have a diagnosis? No. We're no. we are so blessed in that in that uh department yeah. that no uh because that could have easily been uh, a problem for our daughters, our newest one, and mm-hmm. our Bulgaria, yeah, and our daughter that we adopted domestically. Um, her mom is trying and everything that she could to stay clean. But when I met her during that first trimester, she had been using and was just getting clean when I met her at the rehabilitation center. Um, it's not been an easy road for her. And Mm. at this time she is struggling and out of that struggle, God put it on my heart to reach out to my daughter's biological half brother's grandmother. I've known she's been in the picture all these years and it was the greatest thing I could have ever done. Now my daughter, Jenna, has a sister that we've known about that's 14 months older than her and they talk every weekend 
Hmm. So this is such an incredible blessing for both of the girls because mom's getting her health to and her life together right now. Her children are not with her, but this was something I could bring Jenna's biological sister. Yeah. They share a father and a mother together and I will make sure. And so will grandma that these two girls will be in each other's lives for the rest of their lives. It's that important to both of us. And yeah, I commend the grandmother for being willing and opening up her heart and her mind and being willing to listen to what I had to say that these children are very important to our family and we're there for them no matter what. And it's not very often that an adoptive child has both parents that are the same as another sibling. And my daughter does. And it's very important that they are together it's you know keeping that open relationship and our and our hope is this spring sometime I will be able to take Jenna over to California so they can have their first meeting face to face I mean it doesn't get better than that I'm so excited about this yeah that is wonderful that is wonderful Cindy I do want to ask you because I know you said you, you and your husband you know are 65 and 58. Um, you know, my, my husband, I'm, I'm 50, I'm going to be 57 and my husband is 60. Um, our youngest or teen is a teenager though, but, um, most of our peers are empty nesters, right? How do you navigate, you know, the full house and it's not the easiest kids in the world, right? We've got kids with trauma histories. How do you balance that life and, marriage and you know when everybody when 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 potentially your your peer group you know they're off doing the the empty nester life i would say you know god gave us an amazing story you know my husband and i only knew each other four months before we got married i mean that's a miracle in itself over 20 years we're married we are a team what one can't do, the other one can do. His strengths are not my strengths. My strengths are not his. And we've raised some amazing girls that are so helpful and help us in the areas where we need help. I mean, God, only God could have made this happen because it is true. I am stretched as thin as I can, but only because of God and because we have children that are helpful and responsible and understand that we are a big family and we and we need to all work together. I think that's where some families could really benefit from understanding. Don't feel guilty for asking your spouse. Don't feel guilty for asking your teenage daughters or sons to help. We're all in this together. We are a family unit. Mm -hmm. And that's how we make it work. They see dad and I as a team. They joined our team and we're all a team together. Mm. God made us a beautiful team. I can go away. My foundation Next week, we get together. Next month, we've got South Carolina. September, we have Ohio. And we're going into the Pacific Northwest if everything plays out. God opens that door. We're working on it. The kids all pitch in. 
dad knows how to run the show when I'm not around. And when he needs to be gone or if he's got things going on, I step in. It's the only way we could make it work. And yeah, I feel it's for sure. It's teamwork. And I feel it's very important for the moms listening to know it's okay to get away for a weekend. It is okay for your spouse to help out. It is okay to ask your children for help. You cannot do everything yourself. And especially if you have a large family, we have to work together. Yeah. And God, yeah. God will make it happen. You have to ask. Yeah. I remember the days of when we had all of our kids home, there was seven um, at one point and because uh, our oldest son had gotten married uh, right before our youngest came home. Um, and we had, we were a homeschool family and we had, you know, a schedule and everybody had their chores and um, you know, everybody pitched in and life was crazy and busy and full back then. Now I feel like even with just our two boys that are home, um, life is still crazy and busy and full. And, and now I do this and we have our nonprofit, um, but our youngest two um, with the FASD, not as helpful <laughs> as some of the other, their older siblings were um, because of the different cognitive challenges and things that they sure. have. Um, so it's, it's like, oh, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, but my husband and I are a team and he does, you know, we, we pitch in, we tackle things together. We tag team. Um, he's, he is home more and more now because he actually just retired um, the first of the year uh, and really, really has jumped in and um, supports me in such a huge way so that I can do some of these things also that the Lord has called me to. Um, he's learned to homeschool a little bit and, um, you know, transportation and, and different Love things it. that we need. So you definitely, you, you have, you have to have help. You have to have help. And I know we even have several listeners who are doing this as single parents and um, I was either they've lost. That. Yeah, they've either lost a spouse or they stepped into this space as a single adult um, and they need to find their support system as well, because none of us can do this alone. Go ahead. And Cindy. that is something I'd like to touch on. Um, that has been one of the things that I think I struggle with the most as being somebody that's out in the community that does a lot for, you know, the community. I wish I had the answer. You know, our foundation sees the connection. It's so important that these moms get to us so we can pour in love to them. They get the right education. They feel like they're getting nourished. And I think what's so important is the moms understand it's okay. You deserve this. Your families need to miss you. You need to miss your families. And I think the biggest thing I struggle with the most that really breaks my heart is I is my partner, Dawn, and I have not found a way how we can make this happen for single moms to come. I feel mm -hmm. like they are the neediest of these blessings. And it's so hard to be able to make these kinds of things happen for them, getting them help they need at home, getting them out to a retreat with other adoptive foster moms just like them getting them resources because a lot of times they just don't have the support systems they need 
And that's probably one of the biggest challenges I find in all that I do for the community is that I can't find the right resources. I can't tell you how many moms that have talked to my partner, Don and I over the last six years that have wanted to come to a season connection retreat, but they're single parents. They don't have right. childcare, their children. And, and our thing is when you come to an adoption retreat to be around other women and get educated and get the respite you need, all moms need respite. We all do. Mm-hmm. If your child is sitting in a hotel needing to be fed or needing to be poured into, you're not going to get what you need out of a retreat. Right. You need to be able to cut that cord. And I mean, that's the nicest way I can say it. So you can come and get what you need and what you deserve. So that it, I get what you're saying. They are the group of women that touch my heart or men that need our support within this community. And I don't know how we make that happen. I, I mean, mm-hmm. all these years I have, no, I'm just not sure. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at on that. It, yeah, I'm God very knows, passionate right? about, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and well, tell us, cause you've referred to it and I want our listeners who may not be aware of your foundation sees the connection sees as in like ocean. You have it on your t-shirt there. S E A S. Yes, I do. This was boundless grace in Ohio in 2023. I tell you, God's doing some amazing things for sees the connection. And, and let me just say all foster and adoptive moms are welcome to attend one of our retreats as it sits right now. Our home base is the Tampa Bay area. We have our retreats every January. Our second retreat of the year, which will be year one, will be in the Myrtle Beach area. And that is January 23rd through the 26th. We still have spots available. And we have our second year retreat in Ohio, which is going to be in September. And we are going to be announcing that soon. And basically what it is, is an idea my partner had. She came to me. I'm a California girl. I grew up four miles from the beach. And, you know, I always wanted to attend an adoption retreat. I've been to church retreats, but I had never been to an adoption retreat. And the only reason being so is because the one retreat I wanted to go, my partner went to, it always sold out. Hundreds of people would go. So this was in 2018. We went to have sushi. We talked. And she told me about this idea she had. And I said to her, I can never attend the creative for care retreat. I'm up. I'm never up late enough or it's always full. So I said, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. So we found a location that was by water and we said we wanted to name it seize the connection because of the water being seized. We want our moms to connect. So -hmm. that's basically how it was born. We started in 2018 for the first year, but 2019 went live in January. We had our first retreat. Next week, we will be year six. And and it's been just an amazing ride. And what we do is we bring about 30 to 35 women together. We enlist some of the biggest names in the adoption community for our keynote speakers and our breakout sessions and we've been blessed to have them you know come alongside of us and what we do is we offer a retreat that's 
three nights, I'm sorry, three nights and four days where we have all the meals included. We have the breakout sessions and we just have different activities. And what's nice about us other than other retreats is we're never going to be bigger than 30 or 35. And we're all about connection. Hmm. I can say some of the best friends I have, I met year one and on. They come back every year. We bring new people in. And the biggest part of this is we get people to sign on and walk alongside of us that have something to bring to the table. The biggest thing Mm -hmm. all of us adoptive and foster parents could use is education, Mm -hmm. new tools with dealing with our children, because we all parent our children. And I like my friend Maggie said today, she's attending year three in Florida. She feels rejuvenated. She feels missed. She feels loved. She feels great after she leaves us after a weekend. We make it affordable. We have scholarships. We fundraise all year along with we've been blessed with some private donors to be able to put this on. Because the truth be told, when Donna and I started this seven years ago, we had no money. This was just a dream we had. And God has provided every single Mm. thing we've needed for these retreats and it's so funny we are blessed to have some of the most amazing women that on our team in florida the carolinas and in ohio and the ohio team i have to just say real quick we had a wonderful lady that works for an adoption agency out of ohio that contacted dawn last year and said to dawn You know, I'd like to see what you're doing. And then we had some ladies that were attending that went to a retreat Dawn had went to before. And we met them and they were like, we love what you guys are doing. I said to Dawn, the salesperson, I I said, let's get them together and let's build a team together. So they met, they loved one another. And one of our teammates for our high team is a good friend of mine, Jackie, and she's out of Pennsylvania, but only a couple hours away from Ohio. And that's how Ohio was born. Then we got back from our retreat last year, a year ago, and full force, we got that retreat done in seven months. And we had the best time in Lake Huron, Ohio, in that Huron, Ohio. And right now, we have a woman coming from the Pacific Northwest that wants to partner with us. And that's we're going to start talking about a new location for the complete West coast. We don't have anything there. And there are so many women that need us and need what we do. And we need them. I mean, the truth be told, all the members of our teams, all of us that are involved with CISA connection need this. We need these moments away from our families to rejuvenate, get educated, feel a sense of hope come back to the table and everybody's missed one another. And that's the truth. And one other thing I'm going to tell you that I think it is amazing piece of this is Reese's rainbow mama founder, uh, Andrea is our 501 C three. She helps us with our location. She helps us with our funding. She has been such a blessing to work with. So God brought her Dawn went to one of her uh, respite, retreats for a mom's rest and met her and we have been working with her for the last several years it has been such a blessing and I mean 
We are so thrilled to be able to put these retreats on for the moms every year. And I'm just going to, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Sandra. No, I was going to ask, I was going to say two things. I was going to say, um, I got to interview Andrea from Reese's Rainbow many years ago when this podcast started off as a radio show. Um, she was a guest and was just lovely. So that was many, many years ago. Um, and then the other thing is I was going to ask you, um, for our listeners who are, you know, the idea of a retreat for adoptive moms, this is resonating with them. Where can they learn more? Do you have a website? Yes, we do. Oh, absolutely. It's www.seestheconnection.org. So www.seasseasetheconnection.org. They can find out about all our retreats. They can find out about our uh, keynote speakers. There's a place there for donate and everything. And I'm, this is such a big part of my life because it is so important to me that adoptive and foster moms get the respite care they deserve and they so need. And it's funny because we've had so many moms attend over the years and they've said to us, I didn't even know I needed this. Mm -hmm. Where do I sign up again to come next year? Because we all need a break. And that's the truth. And we need to be around other moms that understand what we're going through, that have wisdom, that have experience. That's what we're about. I love that. So we will put a link to your website in the show notes for this episode. So our listeners can just scroll down and, uh, and find that, uh, and, and take advantage of that, of those retreats that are around the country. And I can definitely, it would be wonderful to see more retreats all around the U S to make it easy for moms to get to. Oh, absolutely. I was going to ask you one other thing too. I know you're interviewing me, but you know, that's just who I am. There's another big part I play in the adoption community. And that is for anybody that may be listening that may want to adopt. Um, the, the biggest thing that I can just say is don't let funding be a reason why you don't adopt. Don't let age be a reason why you don't adopt. I have some wonderful foundations that I work with that have grants I run two of the biggest fundraising groups and on Facebook for adoption. I can add you. I am very transparent when it comes to adoption, raising funding and being there to support you. I just want to put that out there. I am on the advisory board for Open Hearts for Orphans. They do so much for orphans worldwide. But I just want to stress my girlfriend, Lisa, who is the founder that will be coming to Seize the Connection South Carolina next month. She has Say Yes grants, and they mm. just got enough funding where they can now do $4,000 grants. That's just one for an adoption, whether it be a Lisa, domestic. Is that Lisa Murphy? Yes, it is. I've interviewed her. She's been a guest on this show. She's amazing. Yes. She is a wonderful friend of mine. She's a blessing. She's done stuff for CISA Connection. She does. I I help her raise funds for her uh, foundation. And she also uh, put me on her advisory board for Open Hearts for Orphans. I told her I was going to put a plug in. I have to because they do so much for orphans worldwide. 
And also, if you are thinking about adopting, they are a wonderful resource for adoption grants. I, I mean, I run groups. I help people all the time. You're more than welcome, Who anybody listening, to reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook at Cindy Gore Ost or even on Instagram as Blessed by Adoption. It's very important to me. It's the whole piece. James 127, we are to help orphans yeah. and widows. That is my love language. Yes, same same here. As we wrap up, Cindy, um, like I mentioned earlier, most of our listeners are adoptive and foster moms, especially parents. Um, we have some dad listeners too. We love them. Hi, dad. Um, but <laughs> yeah, hi, dad. We usually do in June, all of my episodes, there's a, our guests are dads for, and I started it off because of Father's Day several years ago. So all of our June guests are the dads. Um, yeah. So, um, so I'm always looking for good dad guests. So send them my way. Um, I but, will. Yeah. My so, husband, um, my husband would be a good dad guest because he has such a love for adoption and for orphans and it's 65 we just brought home a two and a half year old and she's the apple of his eye Mm, yeah love that so as i was saying our, our 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 listeners our foster and adoptive parents like us would would you close us out with some encouraging words what would you say to encourage our listeners today i would say let the Lord lead you. Reach out in your time of need. Don't be trying to go through this journey alone. There are so many resources out there for foster and adoptive moms, whether it be on social media or not. Go to your local churches. I think it's very important. My biggest message would be is to get connected with your people. Mm-hmm. It is changed all of our lives. And I can't imagine not having my tribe of women and our tribe of families that all understand what we're going through as foster and adoptive parents. Um, I think education, grab those Karen Purvis books, get on Facebook. If you're struggling, there is support every aspect of this journey. If you need respite care and don't have the funds, but need to get away, reach out to us at Seize the Connection. We have an email at seizetheconnection at gmail.com. Send us an email. We are here for you. God is here for you. And my biggest thing I would say is don't give up. You are loved. You are doing God's work just by fostering and adopting. And we're all in this together. That is my biggest message I have for people that are in adopting in the trenches or fostering in the trenches. We're here. You you are loved and you are not in this alone. And the other thing I would say is if your adoption is on the fence for you and you're thinking about adding on to your family, but you don't know if you have the resources, you don't know if you have the support reach out. There are so many people in this community, whether it be international or domestic, I have resources everywhere. We are here to support you. Don't let your age, your funding, how many children at home you have, don't let that be the reason why you don't do God's work. 
because there is a way to make it happen. Some of the times that we've adopted over the years, it's not been the most opportune time, but God is telling you to do it. So we do it. And I am so thankful. Our family's thankful. And I know my friends that have adopted have been thankful for all the children they've brought home, whether it be through foster care to adopt foster care, or it's been through adoption. That's my biggest message. There are so many children out there that need us. And let's be that gap. Let's be that village for or the all the children and orphans out there in the world. Let's do God's work. We can do it. Mm. Yes. That's my Amen. biggest message I have. Thank you so much, Cindy, for your message, for your faithfulness, and for all that you're doing on behalf of the adoption and foster care community. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And God bless. And I hope I could shed light. I'm here if anybody needs anything. Thank you. God bless. Wow. What a great conversation with Cindy. Uh, love her heart for adoptive and foster moms and her retreats. This uh, sees the connection. I hope you will check that out. Uh, we were chatting. Um, I may be coming to speak at one of those. So I would love to do that because I too love to connect, especially in person with adoptive and foster moms. So thank you so much. I hope you were encouraged by my conversation with Cindy today. Um, in addition to encouraging you, we love to equip you. So don't forget about all of our FASD training that we have available and those resources. You can check those out, find them on our website, justicefororphansny.org. Check out the show notes for the link to that. Um, and again, if you enjoyed the show, um, please uh, leave a review follow us and uh, let your fellow adoptive and foster parents know. And we're also on social media, of course, at Justice for Orphans. I'm also on social media myself, Sandra Flack. Um, so I hope to connect with you there. And again, thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me today. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.